Thank you for joining us on another episode of Pillars of Heaven. I'm in the studio with JB today. Welcome, JB. Hey, Dr. Mike. Thank you very much. Hey, man. How are things? I'm doing well. All right, good. How about you? I'm doing great. I know you have some new projects you want to talk to us about, so let's hear them, buddy. Yeah, I want to make a quick announcement, uh, as quick as possible. Uh, (laughs) I've got some exciting news to share with all of you. We've raised $124 so far with our Bibles for Everyone fundraiser, and I will soon be able to purchase our first case of Bibles. My goal is to take your generous gifts and to make them go as far as we possibly can with sharing the Word of God. I was originally going to purchase the CEV Bible, which a lot of you listening probably already know um, is one of my favorite um, versions of the Bible. However, I was going to get slammed with a pretty hefty shipping fee from the only website I could purchase them from. Amazon no longer carries them at this time. But wait, there is good news and light at the end of the tunnel. And speaking of good news, I discovered and have been reviewing the Good News Translation Bible, and I'm liking it very much. It is a very reader-friendly translation of the Bible, and I am able to purchase many more Bibles with free shipping. So as soon as all of the funds become available for us to receive from Give, Send, Go, I will be purchasing our first set of Bibles. These Bibles will be available for anyone in need of a readable and easy-to-understand version of the Bible. Our goal from the start has been to share our passion of God's Word with everyone willing to listen. If you need a Bible, please reach out to us, and if you'd like to donate to this wonderful cause, go to www.givesendgo.com slash Bibles for Everyone. Also, please join our community on Facebook. Search for In My Father's House or go to facebook.com slash groups slash In My Father's House. It is super easy to find me on there. I know I go by JB on here, but my name is Jonathan Rindos, and I'm always posting in the group. There you will find links to Bibles for Everyone and find out everything else that is going on. All right, Dr. Mike, do you have anything to add to this? Yeah, I think that's great. And uh, I just saw a version of uh, that that translation, and I, I really like that at the beginning of every chapter that there's an introduction that tells you a little bit of, of what you're about to read yes um so that part's really really cool and that's what i liked one of the things i liked about the cev which the good news translation which i brought to the studio today so mike could see it um it also has an intro to the books and i love that it's like yeah. this translation of the bible is geared towards the beginner and it's yeah. good for everybody even if you've been reading the bible for years it's just a super re- uh, reader-friendly, easy-to-understand translation that you can curl up to and relax and, and just really enjoy the Word of God without struggling to understand or what I like to call wrestling with the words on the page. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice, light Bible. I, I like it. Yeah. You now I, I, I looked up my favorite verse. I, I like it in there. Um, so, yeah, if you need a Bible, please reach out to to us. Reach out to JB. Most definitely. Yeah. Like I said, I'm very easy to find. You can find both Dr. Mike and I in the group in my father's house, uh, Michael Altieri, uh, and my name is Jonathan Rindos. You'll see me. I post frequently. Um, but a little more about this Bible before we continue with the show. So I, I like to – these Bibles will cost between 4 and $5 uh, when I purchase uh, the case. And I don't go for the cheapest Bible out there for a couple of reasons. Uh, some of the cheapest Bibles out there, the the print is so small. I mean, you need a magnifying glass to read the Bible. Yeah, that's not good. And 
it's not worth it to me to give you a Bible that you're not going to read. Right. I want you to be able to open up the Bible and read it and enjoy it because that is what we are called to do. Study the Word of God. Right. Yeah, that's a great a great program. And make sure you type that out in the description. We'll oh, definitely. There, yeah, yeah, the links will be in the description. Join our community, please. Uh, definitely want to see you there. Um, I post scriptures uh, when I read through the Bible, uh, scriptures that, that stick out to me, that inspire me. I share with the group. Um, share what's going on with your life. If you have any thoughts or questions or um, anything. Yeah, and it's cool because it seems like we're welcoming new people there almost every day. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it's a growing great. community. Yeah, so today's topic, um, I'm going to read you a verse. It's Psalms 9.9. 9. Uh, it says, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And that really is the basis for our topic today. And, and our topic today uh, hits near and dear to JB. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to him and let him discuss what he wants to and what he doesn't want to uh, about it because we're here, you know, to support him. So JB, it's all yours. All right. Um, well, this is a very uh, difficult topic to discuss and I originally wasn't going to, but um, Dr. Mike and I were talking before the show and we were talking about the things that were going on in my life. And uh, we both agreed that we thought it would be good for everybody to hear this because there could be someone out there listening uh, that needs to hear this. Um, so for years, I, I, I struggled with anxiety, which many listeners on this show already know about that because I, I talk about anxiety frequently. But uh, it goes deeper than that. For the last several years to almost a decade, I, I thought I had some form of um, autism. And that I never was diagnosed with it as a child uh, because I, I did share a lot of symptoms that relate to autism. But then within the last year or so, I, I thought that I was possibly sexually abused as a child. And the reason is because of the, the behaviors that I did when I was a kid uh, kind of point to some event, some event like, that took place right, as, so. as like the evidence. Um, and then just recently within the last week, I just, it's, I don't want to say that it was a revelation, but I guess it could be because it was on my mind and I was thinking about it and I did research. I Googled, um, how to tell or evidence that you were sexually abused as a child. Um, and so I looked it up and I, and I hit almost every, every, um, requirement. There. Yeah. Every bullet point on the yeah. checklist, I almost hit every one. Yeah. And so it, it was very difficult for me to, to process this. And I didn't know how to deal with it at first. I didn't, at first I didn't tell anybody. And then I did reach out to a couple of friends and, uh, I didn't get into depth with it, but I did reach out to my mom. I talked to my mom about it, and she was really upset. And um, she even said to me, uh, I, I thought that you thought you had autism. Yeah. And I said, well, I thought so too. Um, but I said, this is the tricky thing, is that a lot of these different things share the same symptoms. But when you go through, this is where you weed out like other possibilities. When you go through the checklist on what is involved, what are the symptoms of sexual abuse, 
I hit almost everyone. Um, so this was very eye-opening to me. And uh, I realized that upon reflecting on, on my soul and on my life, that my life was shaped by this one event that I can't remember. Yeah, and I think it's it's important that you say that part because a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, do remember. And, and we're talking about a, a time in your life where you're pre-five years old, probably. Right. right? Okay, so um, now, like we talked before the show, I had something happen to me at the age of two, which I, very traumatic, and I remember it to this day, like it was yesterday. Um, but this, that, that definitely shaped my life and, and turned, you know, because of that thing that happened, uh, I struggle with a lot of things. Yeah. Right. So I can see that if, if what you're saying is in fact true, um, that definitely will shape your path, uh, you know, and, and put a fork in the road and, and gear you towards a different path in life and it does go back and we talked about you know talking to therapists and you know a, a good therapist is going to get to that root problem and right. go back so that you can i mean you on you dig that problem up so that you can deal with that problem yeah you know what i mean but as we talked before you don't really want to deal with a person or a situation you want to deal with recovery yeah, I, I, and that's why I'm kind of hesitant on going to a counselor. And I definitely, if, if I do, I'd want to go to uh, Christian counseling because my objective is I, I, I want to cope with the aftermath. I want to, I want to overcome this uh, what I call a disability uh, because it's it, it's be, it's been a disability in my life, but it's been a mystery that I always blamed on social anxiety, and then possibly autism. Uh, but I have no um, goals or I have no desire to, to, to try to find the perpetrator, to, to try to find who did it. I don't have any bitterness or, or malice in my heart. Um, all I can say is I hope that whoever did it, I hope that they, they, they seek repentance uh, from the Lord and that they, they seek forgiveness. Um, and I hope they they uh, they find the Lord. They find Jesus. Right. So you you basically want to get to the point, and like you say, you don't want to point the finger or blame anybody or get you know. Uh, there's no anger and there's no uh, retaliation, and there's you just want to be able to understand what happened so that you can now cope and move on. Yeah, because right? you can't uh, you can't undo what happened. Right. Um, and, and it's not wise to to cling to bitterness. And uh, I mean, because the if you if you go that route, you're going to wind up hating a lot of people in your life because you're not going to know who did it. And then you're going to start wondering in the back of your mind, well, maybe it was this person. Maybe it was that person. Um, and that's no way to lead a life. Um It's not a way to lead a life. And it also, you know, as you're going on through life and now, now that you've had this revelation, it's, it's kind of like now there's a reason for the way you act. Yeah. Like, and there's, and I'm not saying you act weird. I'm just saying that. (laughs) Oh, I do. You know, there's a, now you can tell yourself that, Hey, I struggle in this area. Yeah. This makes sense now. I've been awkward my whole life. 
you know, and I, and I blamed it for the longest time on social anxiety. And then I thought it was autism. Uh, but I've been awkward my whole life and everything I do, it, there was awkwardness, you know, kind of like jamming a puzzle, uh, puzzle piece in a, in a spot that it didn't fit. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, I thought I forgot. I lost my train of thought. All right. The thing that, you know, when, when I look at other people and, you know, something that that traumatic that happens, that, that alters your ability to enjoy regular relationships in the future. Right. So I would always look just myself. I would look at people that are having a quote unquote healthy relationship where, you know, each one's getting their, uh, what they need fulfilled by the other person or that just gentle, natural, natural, uh, ability to just do things. Yeah. That's, that's a really great point that you bring that up because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the the worst part about all of this, I mean, the actual the actual abuse is horrific now, and I'm and I'm actually grateful that I don't remember the event, but I think what's even worse from all this is the the long lasting effects, that long lasting impact that it has. Um, this has affected every aspect of my life. Uh, you know, we talked about it earlier before the show that you know. I would watch movies and, you know, we say like the guy gets the girl and I'd always think to myself, why can't I, you know, be that quote unquote guy, you know, that, that always said the right things, that things always came natural. You know, when it came to, to physical intimacy, like just as simple as like uh, holding or stroking someone's hand or caressing their hair, all that stuff felt forced to me. All that, all that stuff felt awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the symptoms of someone who experienced uh, sexual abuse in their childhood, whether they recall the event or not, is fear of intimacy and difficulty with intimacy and uh, avoiding it sometimes altogether. I mean, was it just just felt unnatural or was it like, okay, I, I'm holding their hand and I feel forced, like I have to hold their hand? You know no, I mean? see, this is where it gets really complicated and difficult because it's like, you want to do it and and you feel like you should do it, but you don't, I can't, it's so hard to explain, but anybody listening that has been through um, this in their past probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it's like you have this idea in your mind of what a relationship is supposed to be like and what it's supposed to look like. And I guess that's because we're shaped by society yeah. to an extent. Like you see like, okay, if you're dating, maybe you hold hands or, um, you know, maybe before you, you kiss your girlfriend or your boyfriend, maybe you caress their cheek. Um, so you have this idea of how you want to interact with uh, your, your, your other, your partner. And so um, you go to, you go to try to do that, but it never, it always feels awkward. You always kind of feel like that awkward teenager, you know, that yeah. you don't know what to do. Um, and and then you just like, nothing, nothing is natural about the whole, um, and there is situation. It should be natural. That should be a, it should just come natural. Yeah. That should be a natural instinct. And that's where the, that's where I call it like a disability. That's like the, that's the, one of the forms of anxiety that you'll, you'll, you'll hit in your life. And the horrible part is that anxiety follows you with everything you do. 
Hmm. Everything from getting up every morning to go to work, um, what you're going to do in the morning before you go to work, uh, to your day at work and interacting with others. Uh, one of the things that uh, we talked about earlier uh, before the show was, um, you know, upon further reflecting on my life, I realized that my whole life was shaped by this one event. Um, I always had a, an obsession with strength uh, ever since I was in my um, my early teens. Now, some people might think that, that oh, that's natural for, for a boy, but I, I took it to the extreme. So... In my early teens, I started working out, and and I got stronger than a lot of the other boys, and I and I used to win a lot in arm wrestling, and I arm wrestled my brother and my dad, and and then as I got older in my later teens, when I really started, you know, learning about working out and lifting, and I started to get really strong, I wanted to keep getting as strong as I possibly could, and I had this like this undying inferiority complex. Like I, I had this fear, like I, I wanted to be as strong as I possibly could. And I did not want to be, I did not want anyone to be stronger than me as if I felt like that I, I was somehow, um, in control and that no, one, no one could take advantage of me in any way. Yeah. But I never understood that. I always just thought it was like a, a form of self-defense. Um, but it was like this, this fear, this unexplainable fear. See, mine was different. Mine was... I got picked on a lot as a kid, and so uh, I was fat, and I was overweight, and I was shy, and you know people would do things to me, and I wouldn't retaliate, and I would just take it, and and that prompted me to get hit the gym, and that prompted me to build my confidence, and you know that event, that constant trauma for me was you know that fueled me to go into the gym and get bigger and as i got bigger and stronger uh people still tried to yeah (laughs) however it had now changed because uh my physical appearance had changed and um the people that would say those things before uh started to shy back themselves and be like well i better not say this to him because uh, yeah, he could probably put a serious hurting on me, and it it took me a couple serious hurtings of others <laughs> um, to establish actually just one. Yeah, you know where it was. Oh, this guy! You always have that one person that's <laughs> like, like that doesn't you know that doesn't care. You know, yeah, it's like they don't think at yeah. all. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, and that it's always that, a, it's a, you ever notice it's always a little guy too. It's with a big mouth, <laughs> and, and it was you know that that one event. <laughs> I believe kept me from a lot more events because of, you know, how people talk and, and whatever. But yeah, that's what fueled me. It was a you know, constant, you know, getting picked on. And it's like, okay, if I go to the gym, that's my passion just poured into it because now I'm going to be, I mean, just like you're saying, I'm going to overcome this by strength. I, I- I was picked on too, though, and I and I for for the longest time I blamed it on that. Like, oh well, I you know I got into this because I was picked on, yeah. which I probably was picked on because I was an awkward kid, yeah. and I was oh, awkward because of you know the events that took place. You know, because again, it, it affects your whole life. Yeah. It affects your behavior and, and how you carry yourself. So I thought that, and I'm sure that obviously that contributed to why I wanted to work out because yeah. you know I wanted to to combat the 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 bullying and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, 
is that the reason why this is a much deeper rooted issue is that I never escaped that mentality. Even after I, even long after I left school, I still had that mentality, that inferiority complex, hmm. that desire to want to get as strong as possible. And it was like, it, it was like, I, like I said earlier, it was undying. Yeah. I mean, I constantly obsessed about it. It was an obsession. And it wasn't, you know, it, it kind of morphed into all these different things. Like I wanted to eventually compete in world's strongest man. I wanted to compete in powerlifting, but it was really, but the, the root of it was power it was, was control. the strength was yeah. the control. Is that you can't, that nobody's inferiority gonna, complex. nobody's going to have that strength over you any longer. Yeah. Yeah. See, if it was just about bullying, yeah. then that would have kind of like fizzled out after I left school. Right. But it right. didn't. It didn't. So that, that again tells me that this is a much deeper thing that, that started way before all that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, it, it fueled, I can see, you know, you wanting, if that traumatic event happens, now you want to be in control so that subconsciously like i'm never going to allow this to happen again yeah i need to get stronger and and you know it's just like the children that get abused over and that get beaten over and over is you know when they finally have the the stones to stand up say hey, you're not going to beat me up anymore yeah um you know it, it's along those lines but that one event will definitely shape you know, how you treat others and how you perceive yourself and, and how you feel about other people. You know what I mean? And that, cause I was, you know, re relationship wise. Yeah. I was the awkward guy too. Yeah. It, it was always like, why can't I have that? Well, look at how easy it is for them. Yeah. Uh, it's so, um, simple and what, look at this, this person and why do they get, this other person that's so perfect to me, you yeah. know, and, you know, and it was a struggle and the things that were supposed to be easy were a struggle for me as well. Yeah. And, um, so I understand that part of you seeing somebody or holding their hand or there, there were times when, see, my issue was I fell in love very quickly yeah, all the time. So no matter what the red flags were, I fell in love with that's a young person thing. That's I think. a young. Well, I'm only 28, so so I, I I fell in love with the idea of being in love. Yeah, I get rather that. Rather than the person. Yeah, I get that. So I would always try and and believe it or not, sometimes it can get worse as you get older. It does, depending on the person. Yeah, it does. Because you you in your mind you um and I'm not saying this happens to you or happens to everybody, but it, what I'm saying is it has the potential to get worse as you get older because you feel like even if you don't think about it consciously, you might think about it subconsciously that time is running out and that you're like, okay, this is the last piece of my puzzle. I need to make this fit. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Even if it clearly doesn't fit. So yeah, you try to like shave the pieces of the puzzle to, to get it. Yeah. And, and that doesn't work. I know. And I, it's not like, it's not like I'm not guilty of that myself, but um, the best advice I, I could give for that is just go back to like, you know, the, the book of Genesis, you know, with um, Abraham and Sarah, you know, don't try to fit the puzzle in there. Don't try to fit the puzzle piece in there. Just, you know, wait on God, seek God. And, uh, you know, God can do anything. That's what he said. I can do anything. 
You know, he said that he he said that Sarah was going to have a baby at 99 years old. It's so funny you're bringing that up because my my little guy's homework was about that. Yeah, and we just went over that and I, we read that entire you know I read that entire thing to him, and uh, you know it stuck out at me was like, okay, I was a certain age when I had my little boy. And here's Abram at that point saying, "What is she gonna have a, a child at ninety? <laughs> you know, I'm a hundred, and you know, and that uh, just seemed foolish at the time." Yeah, um, I mean, but the point, of it, the takeaway from that is, don't try to force anything, right. you know, because you could you could bring a lot of a lot of hardship to your life that's that you could avoid. Um, leave it to God, you know, and just uh, follow His path. So I can imagine identifying you know and, and uh, identifying that there was an issue or there could possibly very well be an issue uh of some event that happened um I, that alone difficult very, very difficult, difficult. i now, mean to the point where i didn't even want to talk about it at first well that that part being difficult now you bring it to your mother uh, and that was probably the hardest I, I can't imagine in my head how i would do that or, 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 or how awkward that would be. Let's put it this way. I, I, you know, and I didn't actually talk to her face to face. I did it through a chat and I actually typed out the message and I was actually considering deleting the message before I sent it, backspacing it. Uh, but I sent it. It was very difficult. It was very hard for me to send that message. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. And I'm sure your mom devastated, I'm sure, uh, just to receive, uh, you know, it's your child. You don't want to hear anything that's happened to your child yeah it's it's very awkward to talk about because um first of all it's almost like um by it, it's almost like the the perpetrator and again i have no bitterness in my heart but it's almost like the perpetrator still has that grip on you when you are afraid to to talk about it yeah because you almost feel like you're the the culprit like you're the bad person like it's your fault well, yeah, well, not just that, but like if you look at the symptoms, I mean, it's it's like you don't you don't want to be looked at as the bad person, right? You know, that again, it's it's hard to explain. Yeah. So I imagine that's a difficult conversation, and then I'm I'm uh, assuming that from that conversation blossoms other conversations that spread out across, you know, different family, different friends. And yeah, you're going to cling to people that have gone through this or other individuals or family or whoever that have experienced this because they're going to help you get through this. Yeah. Right. Be because of what they've gone through in their life. Right. It's yeah. easy for me to say, I understand what you're talking about. Um, I sympathize and here's what you should do. But that means nothing for me. I haven't gone through that. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. going to get more out of somebody who's actually gone through that forest and is on the other side and, and is saying, here's the path to get through the forest. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, any chance that there's, it's not this situation or you think it's hundred percent? It, it's a hundred percent. After years of wondering, um, I finally, and, and it was, I, I, I do believe it was through the power of Christ, uh, that I put the puzzle pieces together. And the reason why I say it was through the power of Christ is because the puzzle pieces were always right there in front of my face, but I, I never connected the dots until the wondering, me wondering about this started probably about a year ago. 
And then it finally just dawned on me this over the past week upon doing a little more research because I was always pointing to other things. I was pointing to autism. But I remember clearly the different things that took place in my childhood, things that I, my own behavior that pointed to, to the fact that something took place yeah. in my childhood that I don't recall or remember. Right. So, yeah, so that, that would make sense on actions and things that you did as, you know, preteen, teenager, you know, yeah. getting, getting um, over, not over, but that leads you know, there's a root cause yeah. as to why certain. So if, did you ever wonder growing up, why, why am I like this? Or why am I, why, why am I acting like this? No, or that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, so again, um, this is, this is like another warning sign. If you find out that, uh, that your child is doing any kind of sexual behaviors, um, with other children, uh, especially, prepubescent yeah. you know then that's definitely a huge red flag that something's going on yeah they're learning this behavior from somewhere now i mean it's hard it's probably harder nowadays because of what's in the media but see back when we were growing up that that stuff wasn't readily available right so you most likely learned it from somebody yeah. uh not from tv or movies right um so yeah, those those are red flags, you know that 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 was learned by someone or something, and the weird thing is, is that so when when the attacker or the perpetrator when they when they do this to a child they they're kind of like normalizing it, right? And that, that's the weird thing. That's why when the child does these things in their life. They don't see that as odd. To them, it's it's normal. Yeah. Right. They're just carrying it out. Right. It's really weird. Yeah. I have a friend of mine um, that's going through this right now. Uh, they were abused as uh, a younger child uh, by an older child. Yeah. Um, and uh, the older child, of course, now has passed on. But the anger and the devastation that took place on this child's life. Um, even in death of the older child, of the perpetrator, yeah, still no peace. You know what I mean? Wow. The very damaging and very so. I, you know, you saying I'm not, I'm not, I have no malice in my heart for that. Yeah. Um, what I can say from watching that experience and going through that with them is that, yeah, she still no, no comfort, no, no satisfaction that he's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, you won't. You won't find it. Yeah. You know, that, and that's why that's why the whole bitterness thing and, and revenge, it never is satisfying because it won't take away what happened. But you think it, you you want that. Yeah. Because you've it, been like you've the, been hurt. Like that instant gratification. Yeah, you want right. you want them to, to feel what they've done to you. Right. Like you want them to suffer. Yeah. And, and you know, from for some people maybe that does quench that thirst. I don't know. But for, for this person Unfortunately, uh, I mean, it, it was that damage was so brutal, you know, and then it changed now every part of her life oh, most is definitely. now affected by sure. it. Uh, uh, and yeah, moving absolutely. forward, you know, even just like you said, with uh, 
having a relationship, which you quote unquote normal or having anything to do with feeling normal in a relationship or with a partner or with anybody is altered for her, you know, and and I I don't know if there's a cure for that. I I don't know how you deal with that. I don't know. But one, one thing is interesting. Like when, as you're telling me this, this story, uh, it brings me, and I love this song. I listen to word FM. All the time, every time I go in the car. And this one song I just recently uh, heard, and I shared it to the group in my father's house. It's called um, God So Loved, God So Loved the World. Mm -hmm. And it's by We the Kingdom. And in the song, they say, bring all your addictions and all your troubles and put them at the foot of the cross. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, that's my advice to uh, that young young woman is... uh, Nobody, nobody on this earth can heal you. Right. Uh, no, there, there's no books you can read. There's no um, self help. There, there's no drug. There's no alcohol. Nothing is going to cure you of this problem. The only one that's going to cure you is Jesus Christ, right. um, and He'll help you. Uh, you will. You can find peace. You can find comfort. But it's only going to come through Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a challenge. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but um, just know that you do have a friend in Christ. Yeah, and that's that's the important thing is, you know, we all have our different struggles, and thus some are way deeper than others. Yeah, you know, um, but we all have the same cure, and we all have that same path to you know to actually getting better and to actual healing. I, I pray for peace on a daily basis. Yeah, uh, anxiety is something that never leaves me. But it's managed, and it's not managed by drugs. It's managed by Jesus Christ. Right. I pray every day uh, because uh, it, it's something that I constantly struggle with. And uh, knowing the cause is, is helpful because at least I know what, what's going on. But, you know, but Jesus Christ is faithful. He, he's helping me through this, and uh, he's leading me and guiding me. And, you know, the thing is, is that... Um, Another revelation I had, which is why I really think that this, re- I think this whole thing is a blessing for me to know about, is because it's showing me why Jesus has been so patient with me over the years, uh, with my different behaviors, um, you know, promiscuity in my younger years, which again is another sign of abuse, promiscuity, um, basically shying away from. Uh, any real relationships or intimacy and uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Um, And then I thought to myself, wow, you know, this is why God has been so patient with me all these years because he knew all along, obviously. He knows everything. He knew all along what I went through. I didn't, um, but I was suffering the aftermath from it. Yeah. Um, and so now he's he's revealing this stuff to me that this is what the cause was was from this anxiety um and it's really just crazy yeah you know it's really wild but i'm grateful to god i'm grateful to jesus christ that he's been patient with me all this time and uh just it just further shows you know that you know and where what does it say in the Bible that God shows mercy to those he chooses to? And so just know that, you know, 
Jesus is a fair judge and a fair God, and he treats all of us on an individual basis. He knows what you're going through. He knows more about you than you do. And he is patient and he's waiting to help you. Yeah, and it sounds like you're on the right path to recovery and uh, healing, you know. And my only word of caution is it might get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Um, just like with everything that people struggle with, um, sometimes you'll have your peak and valley. Uh, but as you find out more and, and realize more and more things come to the surface, uh, it's important that you stay with that that spirit of, you know, uh, I don't want justification. I don't want revenge. Right. Uh, you know, I, I just want to be able to, now things make sense. Yeah. And you know, there's a reason for why I act this way. And now that I know that I can get better, I can heal from this and take the steps to change a little bit and, and work at it. Yeah. And interestingly enough, from the moment that I found out, I uh, I had no interest in, in trying to find the perpetrator. I, I just was uh, I just wanted to know how to overcome yeah. and and get past it. Now that I know why I have these difficulties, why I have these disabilities, so to speak, um, the only thing I could say for the perpetrator is I, I hope they they find Christ. I I hope that they repent of what they've done. I hope they they know that they've done wrong. And that they seek forgiveness, whether they they seek forgiveness um, from me, I, I hope they I hope they get they seek forgiveness from Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I have no malice in my heart. I have no bitter bitterness in my heart. Listen, everybody, uh, we live in a we live in a broken world, and uh, I was talking with Doctor Mike before the show. We were talking about the movie The Shack. Yeah, and uh, great movie if you've never seen it. It's on Netflix, and I'm sure it's on other streaming services. Um, in the movie, the, uh, the the man has, a, as a child, he has an abusive dad. And he had a lot of bitterness towards his dad. And, and uh, But long story short, I want you to see the movie. He learns that you don't fully understand the whole story because he finds out later that his dad was abusive to his dad and you know and so on that the abuse was a chain reaction it was a pattern right yeah. now i'm not by any means um condoning or or yeah, that or, doesn't justify it. i'm not justifying it but yeah. what i'm saying is is that we live in a broken world and it's not for us to judge that's god's job yeah you know jesus knows everything he knows that what everyone's been through and uh my goal is not to go after anybody. I have no, that is not my goal whatsoever. I want them to repent. I, I hope they find Jesus Christ and I hope they, they seek salvation. Yeah. And that's the important part is here for you. And, and you have to realize, you know, that's, that's their journey for their, their forgiveness journey for you. It's, uh, you know, how do you deal with what's happened now? And how do you get better from it? And we even talked before, it's how do you take this and turn it into something greater? Right. Right. And we talked about, hey, maybe uh, this is an opportunity for you to help others. And I would you know love I mean? to do that. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's no one or two 
specific. I mean, everyone, every case is different, you know, and, and every situation is completely different. Absolutely. Um, but like I've said in my show before, uh, I listen to people that don't just relate to me, but that have gone through and survived and are on the other side yeah. and are saying, there's a way to get through this. Here's how I did it. Not that I can sympathize with you. Not right, that I right. can just listen to you and feel bad and give you advice. Yeah. Uh, I'm drawn to the people that are like, yep, know what you're talking about. You know why? Been there. Yeah. That's why. And, and here's what happened to me. And here's what I felt. Oh, man, you felt that too? Yeah, I felt that. I yeah. did this. Um, and here's how I got through it. Will that work for you? I don't know. Yeah. But this is how I did it. And look at me now. Right. And that's the point I want you to get to is uh, now I understand there's some awkward. So take that to your relationships. Right. You take that to the relationships you're in now or in the future or whatever. And use. okay, I realize this hasn't been natural for me. Sure. And and now I know why. Right. So it it makes you completely dysfunctional. Right. In in every way. Uh, It makes you. uh, It makes your. It's crippling. Yeah, your sexuality yeah. is dysfunctional. Your relationship, your intimacy on, on all on all levels. I mean, you know, even just as just like being romantic or talking in just conversational format, everything is dysfunctional. Right. So now you know that there's there's a reason behind that, and now it's okay. I understand. I'm not good at this. Yeah. Right. Or it's a struggle for me to do this, or I have to force myself to do that, but for those things that don't come natural to us, they're the things you work on, right? And the more you do, the more you do, it becomes routine, then it becomes natural, right? So I know in my dating life, like um, I'm single for a long time now, right? So I know when I was looking for certain things, the things that were awkward for me, I had to make an issue of to work on and say, you know, and be very honest. Hey, this is an issue that I struggle with. Yeah. And you're going to have to have some patience with me and I'm working on it. And here's, you know, either you can help me along this journey or, or see ya. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's now that, you know, and I've been there, I've been with the struggle. Hey, I'm holding their hand. This should feel natural and normal. And right. I feel like I'm forcing this and I don't, this just doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, and uh, or I want to say this here, but I'm not going to or I want to do this, but I'm not going to or I've done this and I shouldn't have or, I, I, you know, I, I understand that part. Um, but those things uh, I would have to bring out and work on. Right. And, and, and that's the thing is knowing that you struggle with it is the first part of that battle. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and knowing that, hey, this is an issue. So I, now I have to work. So, you know, my challenge to you is go out and, and be uncomfortable, right? So if it's a struggle for you to caress their hair or do it, right? Yeah. And do it until that uncomfortable feeling becomes less uncomfortable feeling, Yeah. right? And you'll be surprised in my, what I can say from me is the things that I really needed to work on now become more natural to me. And now it's not even no brainer on some of them where it's just like, you know, I will do that and not even think twice about it. Whereas before, 
it was very uncomfortable and i'm like uh <laughs> you know yeah but i don't know i don't think it's that simple dr mike for me for me it's different um on now, certain areas right but with with so with somebody who has this anxiety that stemmed from uh abuse of some sort it's like um you would think that the the longer you spend time with somebody and the longer you're with them that things would get easier but they just don't yeah they, they, it's almost like it's it never it never leaves square one i hear you and it's really hard to explain because like uh it, it's not like um oh i'm getting better at talking with girls or i'm getting better at talking with people where they're it's just the act of doing uh the, the talking or communicating with people we're talking about being with the same person for all this time and you still can't do it yeah you know it's like uh it's like a, a roadblock so yeah. to speak so to speak you think it's that person or you think it's it's no i don't think it's the actual person i think it's that um just that limitation it's a, it's like a limitation yeah. it's like where if it, the best way to the best way to describe it to put it into words it's as if the person's wearing a straight jacket they in their minds know what they want to do and what they should do but there's something that's keeping them from doing it from just acting because it doesn't feel natural right. it feels the opposite of natural it feels forced if they do it gotcha and because they feel forced it, it's carried out in an awkward way and that's why that's why you're a lot of times look awkward to others because you're just awkward the whole time yeah. like a fish out of water right right you're trying to do stuff that you know you should do have you ever seen someone walk around that has anxiety Yes. I mean, I know because I have anxiety. Yeah. I know I feel awkward and I probably look awkward depending on the situation. If it's a situation where, you know, it triggers my anxiety. Um, yeah, everything about it is just awkward. Yeah. And it's like it's the funny thing is, is that I, I've gotten I've gotten good a little a little off topic, but I've gotten good at hiding my anxiety sometimes. In fact, going back uh probably a decade or so now i had a friend that didn't believe me and he even he even chuckled when i told him i had social anxiety he didn't hiding it so good well yeah because uh, i was like the life of the party a lot yeah, of times yeah. i'd get up and i'd sing karaoke and in front of the big crowds and he's like what do you mean you don't how do you have this anxiety you get up and sing and everything else and i said i hide it yeah I, 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 I fake it inside. You're panicking inside. I'm, I'm totally uncomfortable yeah. and I feel like everybody's looking at me and staring at me and maybe talking behind my back. And, yeah. um, but yeah, like I, I got, I, I forced myself through it, but it was like this years of pretending. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I used to get, you know, where, where I would always worry about what other people thought of me. Or, or like, same thing, if you're out somewhere, you're like, I wonder what they're think, saying about me, or I wonder what they're thinking. And people would always tell me, who cares what they think? Yeah, but that's a social anxiety. Right. And and, and people always, my their advice was, who cares? What they, who, yeah. Stop caring about what they think. Okay, that's easy and to I hear. And I wish I could do that. <laughs> I wish I could do you know, that, too. Because, you know, I, I can, I've gotten, I was good at it at one point. I don't know if I am still. Um, but I could put on an act and make it look like I was as cool as a cucumber, yeah. not a care in the world, but on the inside, I'm like, nope. I hope people Get believe me out of here. I hope people believe this act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that. And the people that always were, 
said things that were so simple oh why do you struggle that's it's silly to other people because they don't deal with sure you know and and that's the part where uh, you know it's okay for other people to say that and if you hear that oh it's not a big deal you're making a big deal out of it wow it's a big deal to me because it's not a big deal to you because you don't suffer with it but you don't struggle with it even Uh, something as simple as oh just talk out your problems just talk to the just communicate communication is important and communication is very important but one of the one of the um the things with anxiety anxiety in general anxiety from uh, a history of abuse if the abuse caused the anxiety or anxiety um from other things makes it very difficult to communicate yeah. Uh, and, and, and sometimes this is why, you know, things happen, um, where people don't communicate properly, or maybe they, the, by the time they do communicate, it's coming across harsh in a harsh tone, because obviously it was at a boiling point that got to that because they weren't communicating in the first place. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, more more to me than probably some other people yeah um, because I, I I have some of the same things yeah you know that I deal with um, but that was always funny to me it was always hey just why are you you know oh you're crazy why do you think uh, you know why it's not a big deal yes it is yeah 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 it is you know yes it is yeah you know and it's not a big deal to them but things in their life that are a big deal to me seem silly well that's what makes things like um disabilities unseen disabilities are the hardest ones for people to understand yeah if somebody has paralyzed legs or 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 a missing limb you can understand all right yeah they have a hard time getting around um but when somebody has like a, a mental illness uh you know whether it be depression anxiety anything there's a lot of unseen things that you don't you can't fully understand because it's a disability you can't actually see Right. So it makes it harder to understand. Why can't you do why can't you do this? Oh, come on, stop being a stick in the mud. Just come out and have a good time. That but, was one of the most that <laughs> got me more angry than ever. It was uh, uh or people would just make their comments, you know, oh, he's not coming out. He's he's this or he's that or you know, and I'm like, just leave me alone. Like yeah. I can't I I can't I don't function well in that. And there was a time in my life where I was super energized by people Mm -hmm. and I loved being around people. But there was a time when there was, don't put me next to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to be in a crowd. I don't want to be out with anybody. Just leave me alone. And, and you're looked down on and and, people make their comments, but you know what? Listen, people are going to make their comments anyway. And that's what I've learned the hard way. And I've learned that right now, Right at this very moment, there's somebody talking about me right now that doesn't like me. And, you know, I'm never yeah. going to be able to change that no right. matter what I do. Yeah. Um, I'm sure of it myself, you know. But, you know, when it comes to, like, stuff like depression, if if you've never experienced for yourself depression, and I mean really real depression, not just like, oh, I'm upset because, you know, my girlfriend, you know, or, or this girl, you know, turned me down when I asked her out on a date. Um but if you've never experienced real depression, severe depression or anxiety, then you don't understand. You don't fully understand the grip that it has on you. Um, you know, we'll go with the depression right now. Um, when you're de- when you're severely depressed, I mean, it it just drains you of all energy. Yeah. I mean, you don't feel like getting out of bed, 
And uh, so, yeah, you don't feel like going to a party. Yeah. Uh, you know, anxiety. Um, if you're struggling with anxiety, you know, maybe you're having a panic attack and you're having a hard time breathing. Um, or maybe you're just going through some things and, and your anxiety is through the roof. Um, of course, you know, pray to Christ about it and, and, and ask for peace from Christ. But um, there are times when, you know, you just want to be alone. Uh, yeah. Maybe in a, in a quiet room with you and your Bible and God um, and just peace. You know, we all need some peace and, and quiet and alone time. Very important. It's crazy. It's like you're having a heart attack. And somebody's there saying, stop having that yeah. panic attack. <laughs> yeah, a panic attack. Yeah. Um, it, it, I had a couple, and uh, they're really freaky. Yeah. Uh, you do. Uh, I understand now. I, I never understood panic attacks in the past, and I thought they were kind of like, I don't want to say funny. Wimpy. I, I, never, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, never, I yeah. never understood them. Yeah. Because I'm just like, what do you mean a panic attack? Calm yeah. down. Yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah. it's, I'll tell you what. It's a real thing. It's not only is it real, but they're inexplainable. Yeah. yeah. It just came on me. Yeah. I had no reason. It wasn't like something happened. It wasn't like anything. Like, it wasn't like someone pounded on the door and I'm like, oh, no, who's here? Right. Uh, I was actually at work when it happened. And I, I was just having a normal day at work. And all of a sudden, I can't, I'm having a hard time breathing. And I just feel like, like my chest is heavy. And uh, you almost get that feeling of panic, which is why they call uh, it a panic attack. Yeah. Weird, really weird. Um, so what I did was I walked away from my workstation for a little bit. It's a very long walk to the bathroom. So I, I just walked to the bathroom, just tried to catch my breath. I had to actually think about my breathing. Yeah. Like breathe in. The focus on. Breathe out. Yeah. Breathe in through the nose. Breathe out. Yeah, it's a focus thing. And uh, it, it wound up calming down. But um, I've had a couple so far. And uh, yeah, they, they are scary. Yeah, they are scary. But, that, you know, that all to say, it's a real thing. It's everybody struggles with something real. Might not be real to somebody else. Yeah. But it's real uh, to that person struggling. So, you know, this with, with your issue um, now maybe gives a little bit more clarity on things that have happened in the past and, and the way you've handled and dealt with things now, which might have been a mystery to you before. Yeah, definitely. And, and now you're like, okay, uh, that makes sense now. Yeah. Um you know, and you know how you do things. There may not be a, a a time when you're totally comfortable with somebody else, like in your relationship. Yeah, that, and, and I don't plan on it. I I don't. I mean, that I would mean, be, don't write it off. No, no, no. But yeah, I, yeah. absolutely. I I think it would be great if that happened. Yeah. But I think just knowing about it. Um. And and I, and I'm gonna say this to everybody listening. Always seek Jesus and always seek his help because he's so willing to help and hold your hand in whatever you're going through in life. Um, no matter what you've been through, we all can we all can seek the peace of Jesus Christ and the, only the peace that he can offer. Yeah, uh, and Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Yeah. And and that's what one of the the great scriptures, you know, I will give you rest. And you hear about Psalms and the shelter of the Most High. And, and you know, that that peace and that rest and that uh, time of recovery is so important, you know, you know and, and you have to get the author of the peace and you have to seek the author of, of the calmness and the healing. And thank God we have that. 
Yeah, right. and, and you bring up a good point, Doctor Mike, because um, I, I, I learned I heard this years ago. I think it was from a pastor. So one one of the one of the misconceptions about uh, and myths about people um, overcoming sexual abuse is the myth is that they get over it by seeking uh, other relationships, by seeking romantic relationships. Yeah. That's actually a myth. Um, the best healing will come from separating yourself from that, seeking seeking God. Only God can bring the healing and make you whole again and make you able to enjoy a relationship with someone else again. Um, but you can't, you can't expect another person to make you whole again. Uh, that It's not going to happen. The only one that can make you whole again is God. Um, so the best thing you could do in, in the healing process is to obviously surround yourself with family and friends, but to make sure you spend time alone with the Lord because he will be, he will bring the true healing. Yeah. I mean, that's so important, you know, and you know, as we continue to go down this, I mean, thank you for sharing that. And that might've been difficult. It was at first. Uh, I was actually scared at first before the show started, but then I've, you know, honestly, I felt better about it as the show went on. Yeah. And the reason why I shared all this is because I know we were talking about it earlier, the statistics that one, one out of four or one out of three people are sexually assaulted in the world. So that's a huge population. Um, so I know that someone out there could get something from this and I just want you to be encouraged. And I also want you to, to reach out to me if you want to talk about it. Um, you can find me in the Facebook group, Jonathan Rindos, at the Facebook group In My Father's House. Uh, so there'll be a link in the description for that. So please check that out. Yeah, that's a great point. And also, if you're if you need a Bible, make sure you reach out. Absolutely. You know, yeah, we're going to have Bibles on the way very shortly. So uh, if you need a Bible, uh, definitely reach out to us. Yeah, that's that's definitely important. And, and as this topic is, is very difficult to handle and, and very uh, sensitive, um, you know, anybody out there that's struggling or uh, needs to talk, I encourage you to reach out to, to JB and uh, or to me for that matter. And, you know, don't be alone in this. Yeah. Uh, reach out. Yeah, if you feel like you have no one to talk to or no one to confide in, definitely reach out to us in the group uh your your secret will be safe with me like you feel free to to i know what it feels like to not know who to reach out to or not not know who to talk about yeah. uh not know who to talk to about this um so yeah definitely reach out to one of us in the group we'll be happy to hear from you yeah for sure so uh thank you jb again oh, yeah. no and, problem uh, on our next episode maybe we handle couple different things all right maybe not so sensitive maybe more <laughs> sensitive you never know <laughs> yep all right well, that's the beauty of this so uh for pillars of heaven thank you and we'll see you next time